This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 421, for the week of Monday, May 30th, 2016. My name is Ed. And my name is Steve. Wait a minute. I'm not Steve. It's Aaron. Hey, What's up, guys? Aaron. I got gender bent for a second. Wait, what? <laughs> it's me, Steve. I shrunk a foot and a half off, but hey, <laughs> now I have a really cool girl voice. Might want to get that looked at. Starting this anniversary with a bang. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. And on this episode, it's anniversary tomorrow. That's right. But on this oh. this episode today, we have a manga recap for chapter eight hundred and twenty-seven, an anime recap for episode seven hundred forty-three. We'll have a bunch of pieces together, and uh, I think that's going to be pretty much it. Uh, but first, we have some people to introduce. Uh, joining us today, first is our very special guest, Stephen Paul. Hey, you kind of did that backwards. I was like, "Wait, are you are you starting the show? What's going on here?" <laughs> I, I I got there. You 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 doing good. You doing good. But uh, thanks for coming on, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And joining us also this week is Jill. Hello, everyone. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be sweet today. All right. Mm. Zach's not here. I gotta fill this in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another returning champion this week. Uh, he hasn't been on in a while. Our good friend Dennis. Hello. It has it has been a while. I hope I still know how to do this. What are we recording about? One Piece? No, it's yeah, cosplay. Okay. It's cosplay jam. Right? Cosplay? All right. Naruto. So, <laughs> you remember where we are in Dressrosa? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Doflamingo was about to mount his ultimate attack. Okay. <laughs> man, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be that, that, that far back. <laughs> but uh, finally, also joining us this week is Kelly. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back. Hello. Thanks. And Aaron, you had some news that you wanted to get through this week, correct? Yeah, we had a ton of great news over the weekend. Um, so first of all, we found out that Maki Otsuki, who sang the opening uh, memories and the ending, was it ending or beginning? Run, run, run. There were the first two endings. Yeah. They're, they're both endings. Yeah. We just found out that she's going to be singing the theme song for One Piece Heart of Gold, which is the uh, One Piece film gold tie-in. Uh, episode that's coming later this summer. The song that she's going to sing is called Destiny. So that's pretty cool. It's been over 15 years since she's done a song for One Piece. That was actually one of the interesting things about that song in particular was right around the time I first got into One Piece, it was 2007 or 2008 maybe, and I was at this Japanese grocery store near my hometown and the first ending song from One Piece just was was playing on on the PA system like, this is awesome. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not even sure which one I would prefer if it was a, uh, it's sort of in the vein of ending one or ending two, but those are actually two of, two of my more beloved themes, so, uh, ending themes. So I'm excited for this. Yeah. Ed, I'm oh, sorry, but Ed, what if it's just a cover of the Neil Young song? <laughs> that would be really interesting. I'd be into that. God. Well, I mean, they did get Avril Lavigne to cover that song. Hey. Uh, about <laughs> which I forget every time to like get to that song. <laughs> I saw, was that Strong World or Zed? That was Zed. Zed. Yeah, yeah. I saw Mr. that in Children theaters. Did the, uh, Strong yeah. World and like, I was the only foreigner in this theater of Japanese young women going to see this One Piece movie. And I'm just like cracking up at the end. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of One Piece Film Gold, we also got an announcement about five new characters. Um, they look like they're all side characters and they're all voiced by model slash actors who are in various magazines. All right. Um, so that's pretty cool. 
Uh, we also found out that the One Piece dub on Toonami has moved to a new time slot. It's on at 2 a.m. starting on June 5th. So if you watch the dub, please do. Um, you know, normally changing time. T- changing time slots isn't a good a good sign for a show, but I think this is a good sign because yes. it can only be better than anything can be better than 2:30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really old, so I'm not up at 2 a.m. anyway. But uh, you know, I think it's a good thing for people who watch the dub. So you follow Sai on Twitter for right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, so in other news, we also have a new character song CD. It's going to be out on July 20th. It's called the One Piece Character Song Best Festival, in quotation marks, which I don't really know what that means. But uh, there's going to be 50, there's 51 songs, uh, all character songs wait, wait, wait. from 2003. What? Oh, fi- oh, oh, this is a compilation. I thought, like, 51 yes. new songs? My God. No, 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 no. They're, they're old songns from 2003 to 2013. Um so yeah, if you're really into character songs, definitely keep an eye out for that. It's going to be on Amazon.jp, so definitely be able to get your hands on it. Um, we also have two interviews from OnePiece.com with uh, voice actors from One Piece anime, Kappa Yamaguchi, who does Usopp, and Kazuki Yao, who does Frankie and Bon and Django. So they're doing these special interviews for... One Piece film gold, and it's really cool. They're just talking about, like, you know, their characters and sort of what they're looking forward to in the movie, and you should definitely give them a read. And a big shout-out to Allison, who translated them all for us, and they're super long and super good, so definitely check those out. Thank you, Allison. Yeah, and last but not least, uh, we actually have something from Kelly. She did this cool article about the Mega Hobby Spring Expo. Do you want to talk about that, Kelly? Sure. So that uh, wrapped up on May 28th, and there were a ton of new One Piece figures uh, that were uh, on display. A few reissues, but about four new variable action heroes, uh, which are the really poseable ones. We've got a Sanji, a Robin, and a Rob Lucci that are going to come out later on in the year, and a black and white version of the existing Chopper. And it also gave us three new of the uh, BB series, which is the Bathing Beauty series, one of which is the incredibly uncomfortable looking Tashigi figure. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that. Oh, man. How about no? It's, it's, yeah. it's a little tough to look at that one for it's, sure. But the, oh. one that I, the one that I thought was the coolest actually was the uh, CBEX figure, which is the kid versions. And there's actually going to be two Perona figures that are going to be released, one which is called Gothic and another called Sweet. And it's basically uh, Perona on a little graveyard scene and then Perona on a gingerbread house. And I think it's neat that they're actually doing two versions of that particular figure. Yeah, I saw those. They're super cute. They did a really good job with the models there. Yeah, they look really different from the other ones in the series too, so I like them a lot. Any word if one of those is a variant or a lower print run? Or are they both going to be released equally? So from what I've seen, the Gothic version is going to be out sometime around December-ish. And the sweet version is supposed to be out around January, give or take. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, that was all the news that we had this weekend. You can check it out on OnePiecePodcast.com. All right. Sounds good. But uh, for now, let's go on into the anime recap. Sweet. This is the Anime Recap for episode 743. 
Men's Pride, Luffy versus Fujitora, head to head. I'm your host, Sam, and with me today we have friend of the podcast, good old Miss Joe. How's it going, Joe? Pretty good, Sam. How's it going with you? It's going all right. It's gonna, we're keeping it. We're keeping the group small today. <laughs> keeping it. Uh, keeping it simple. This is. Uh, I don't think. I don't think this is an episode that demands a large group of people uh, coming through every detail. So, I think we should do a okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, if we can get on to the episode, uh, our screenplay this week is by Hitoshi Tanaka. Our episode director is by Takashi Otsuka. And storyboard... Oh, actually, episode director and storyboard different are different this time. That's usually not the case. Uh, mm. Episode director is Takashi Otsuka. Storyboard is by Yo- Yasunori Koyama. And animation director is Toshio Ideguchi. Uh, so, uh, moving on to the actual recap of the episode. The title card begins at 5 minutes and 27 seconds. I feel it's a little bit later than what we've been getting lately. Uh, so we're kind of falling back into the long recaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the episode begins with uh, Sengoku and Law talking it out, continuing the conversation from last week. Uh, last week kind of ended on a, on a dramatic cliffhanger, and immediately the first second uh, we're into this episode, it's kind of over. Uh, it's not that dramatic anymore. <laughs> they're just sort of they're back to just sort of chatting it out. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, he gave me back my life and spirit. I'm forever in his debt. This is why, uh, and this in law explains that this is why uh, he's de- devoted his life to trying to kill Doflamingo. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about Corazon, and he uh, continues to explain that he also, like Luffy, carries the secret name of D. And Sengoku's eyes widen in surprise and in nervousness. And uh, you know, Law talks, wondering if uh, Sengoku, being a, a former fleet admiral, might actually know something about uh, the the will of D. But Sengoku just sort of plays dumb. Uh, we don't actually know if he knows anything or not. It seems like he might know something, which makes a bit of sense, although I never really thought about it before. Uh, so that's kind of... Yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder about his relationship with Garp, like if that affects anything at all. Oh yeah, that's true, because Garp is a D. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, don't, you don't hear... Uh, we haven't actually... We, actually... What happens yeah, if we he, learn that Garp has like some crazy troubled backstory? That's probably true. Now that I think about it, because uh, in this yeah. episode, uh, Sengoku mentions that uh, what was it? It was is people with the, who carry the the name D uh, have a checkered past. Yeah, always have a checkered past. And I wonder if he's thinking about Garp in there. Maybe he knows something. Uh, that'd be interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then anyway, he goes on to. Uh, sort of quell uh, or sort of calm laws, uh, the worry that he kind of uh, sees in law right now, uh, saying that, uh, telling him not to not to try and find a reason for somebody's love. Uh, law seems to be worried that Cora uh, had some ulterior motive in saving him, and that maybe it was tied to the D. But uh, Sengoku mm-hmm. tells him, you know, even even if I know something about the D, Cora probably did not know that much or that that would not have been the reason why he saved you. So don't, uh, uh, don't overthink it. Don't try to find a reason for somebody's love. And I remember that this scene was the one, this is uh, like when I asked if you wanted to be on the anime recap, this is the scene you were most for- looking forward to talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, just, I take it. It just, it means a lot to you. And 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't really want to go into it, but it does. I mean, actually, this quote is like your your, your Skype uh, mood or whatever they call that, isn't it? Um, it is actually yes. <laughs> uh, I just remembered that. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> Ironically, you're the only person I share the memory of Rosinante with, even if you're a pirate. If you really want to do something in his memory, be, both you and I should just simply remember him. That's good enough. And we see Law pulling at the brim of his hat, trying to hold back from crying. And we still have not seen him cry, damn it. <laughs> like, what the hell? I, I guess we'll just have to give him more screen time so he'll get a chance to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut, we cut to the, the Fujitora and the, the Straw Hat friend scene. And it's actually like a super scary, uh, like, in, like, half a second shot of like like a, a negative of Fujitora's face where it's just like a purple outline uh, mm-hmm. of his face and I guess that's I, I, I just choose to imagine that's how he's like seeing things he just sees things in a bunch of like purple vibrations and lines and stuff uh, and we see Bartolomeo protecting everyone behind his barrier and Fujitora mentions that uh, the barrier looks tough and it's going to be hard to get through and then he basically just goes Super Saiyan like it's, it's straight up a Super Saiyan sound effect uh, and like I know, I know Toei reuses a lot of sound effects from Dragon Ball Z, but it's rare that you hear like such blatant ones like that one. It's literally just the Super Saiyan sound effect. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't noticed. Yeah, and so like the the ground uh, begins shaking, and the rubble begins to rise, and the, the citizens of Dressros are freaking out. And you see uh, Gats commentating, like he has to commentate everything. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, it's just like I guess nobody's using all this. Uh, it's left over from the the awful fight those awful pirates had, and you see the straw hat allies basically. Uh, I can't remember who was saying it. It was like Sai or, or um, Haruden or something. They're like, uh, "Your your Barto, your barrier is just not big enough. It can't cover enough space for this attack." And and Bartolomeo's just like, "Oh come on guys, it's not fair." Uh, we see Kiro and Rebecca watching the rubble from far away, and it's just it's enormous. Like it, it, you really feel the sense of scale when it's. Uh, pulled back that much mm-hmm. and you see the the episode just sort of goes around getting everyone's reactions to everything so that's yeah. part of how it buys a lot of time uh we see tsuru and bastille talking uh over the denden mushi and they decide that you know i don't think fujitora needs any more reinforcements everyone should just sort of pack up now yeah let's, uh, just, let's just back away yeah, and then we see the the debris sort of gathering up in the sky, and it's actually like this like CGI bubble of of it's a CGI ball of rubble, mm-hmm. sort of bunching up, and you see the moving parts. It reminds me a lot of like, it seems like every Pokemon movie has that scene where there's just like a weird CGI insert. That's sort of what it felt like. Uh, the later ones especially did. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not up on my lit recent. Pokemon it, movies. In the middle, it, it got really obvious and weird, and then it got better at it. Alright. Uh, and we see Fujitora just looking really mad and scary a lot, a lot throughout this episode as he's, <laughs> as he's powering up. Uh, and then Luffy shows up, and he's here, and he's here to save the day, and everyone's happy. Uh, and, and Luffy, uh, he's quick to get into the action, but uh, he's announcing, I'm going to punch you before he throws his punch, and he uses his elfin gun. Uh, and uh, even Bartolomeo actually seems uh, worried that Luffy isn't strong enough to fight an admiral. Uh, <laughs> and then the the music track, uh, Luffy's Fierce Attack, which is one of my favorite uh, action songs from the One Piece soundtrack, kicks in uh, and the fight is going on. And Luffy starts giving this big speech about uh, how two years ago he would have told everyone to run. And he remembers uh, he remembers 
the the Sabadi fight with Kuma, where he's telling everyone to run away, and then they fail and and get sent flying. Uh, and then he he talks about how his opponents are the four emperors. His opponents are the strongest people in the world, and if he's not strong enough to fight them at this point, then he's not ever going to become king of the pirates. Yeah, it's like this big dramatic statement he's making. I mean, it makes sense. He's not wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what that's what that's Frank. That's what that's Frankie's input, where he's just like, well, it's kind of true. Yeah, and Zoro and Usopp are start cheering him on, and Bartolomeo is amazed by them. And so we <laughs> we jump into Gear Second. Uh, they they get onto the fight. It's you know a pretty basic looking One Piece style fight. Uh, <clears throat> Luffy keeps telegraphing all his attacks by announcing, "I'm going to punch you. I'm going to kick you." Uh, and then Fujitori uses his gravity and and crushes Luffy in the ground and Luffy has to use like a hockey headbutt to break the rock, the rock underneath him and free himself. And then he says, I'm going to kick you before using an, another elephant gun, uh, which means he got it wrong. He said <laughs> kick when he's supposed to say punch. And then he gets like super worried and guilty feeling because he, he didn't uh, make it easy enough for this poor old blind man to, to guess his attacks and dodge and whatnot. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't get to him. Uh, Fuji, it basically all missed Fujitora. And uh, the they have a big hockey uh, punching and sword clashing uh, just sort of extravaganza. Uh, and there's actually like one scene. One, one of my favorite sort of tricks in like action anime is when you got like the foreground, middle ground, and background. Like all like sliding and moving in different directions uh, and at different speeds. So it sort of feels like an, a 180 shot, but it's not. Um and you get uh, Luffy is is caught by the gravity again. He says, "I won't run anymore." I remember back when this was in the manga, like you could interpret this as as you know Oda making the statement that you know we're done just buying time. We're gonna we're we're not having our guys just like uh, run away from the the big enemies anymore. But he ends up running away from in the next episode anyway. Spoilers. Yeah, it's it's like we're, we're through buying time. In the episode where we were literally buying time the yeah, whole episode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, eventually Fujitora, you know, just asks, "Hey, man, what's up? Why you? Why do you keep announcing your attacks? Why? I don't want anyone to go easy on me after all these years." Uh, and Luffy just sort of states that I could, I could never attack a, a guy like you because I kind of like you. Is sort of <laughs> what he says, and, and uh, Fujitora. He makes the face. He makes this big, goofy, <laughs> laughing face. Uh, <laughs> but they, they keep fighting, and Fujitora uh, sort of uh, criticizes Luffy for not going all out uh, and, and for, not, uh, for not fighting depend, uh, based on the situation that he's in. Yeah, he's, and, like, he's like, your sympathy might be your downfall or whatever. Yeah, and you can't show pity or say what you like so honestly. <laughs> he's, he's just saying, it's like, stop being so honest. It's getting kind of annoying. <laughs> and then uh, that brings us to uh, Fujitora's attack, Gravity Blade. Like, it was Gravity Blade, like Roaring Tiger or something like that. <laughs> Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger or whatever. <laughs> uh, and everything, and then it goes into, like, this weird, like, acid trip mode where every, where the colors go all negative and start warping all over. And, uh, and all the other guys sort of have to jump out of the way. Uh, and that's when the the to be continued hits us in the middle of uh, Luffy's possible defeat. I wrote down in my notes: Has Luffy been defeated? Will the Marines conquer all? Find out next week. Same bad time, same bad place. 
Um, and that's uh, that's the end of the episode. There isn't a whole lot to talk about. I barely got two pages of notes. Mm. Uh, uh, and general thoughts. Um, the beginning was pretty good, <laughs> and then the rest of it was okay. Yeah, I don't uh, like. I, I usually don't. Uh, it doesn't bug me too much when they have to drag something out uh, for very long. Uh, if if the if the core scene and the core uh, hook that we're looking at over the course of an episode is strong enough, I generally won't mind if if they uh, you know pat it out. Yeah, you know, at least if they pat it out in kind of an artful way. Uh, mm-hmm. This is I don't know. It's pretty average. Like. It, it gets really repetitive when the fight starts and, and you got Luffy uh, shouting all of his attack names or just shouting, I'm going to punch you, I'm going to kick you uh, before everything. And it just sort of gets old and, and they don't uh, get to the punchline of the joke fast enough. <laughs> the punchline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that, uh, yeah, that's that's my general thoughts. Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping we can get off of Dressrosa soon enough. Uh, it's It's like... <laughs> It's like the show is daring to try to get off Just Rosa, but now it's like digging its nails into the ground saying, no, I don't want to go yet. Uh, Probably the build budget or however it works for the uh, filler coming after yeah, Just Rosa. Yeah, hopefully there, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be some kind of, there's got to be some kind of in-between filler. Although I think they've... I well, think, it's for film gold. Well, that's a TV movie. Oh, I thought it was going to be between... No, I was, I'm, because we, we really need filler and like... Mm-hmm. Actually, I, w- I would totally do a filler with uh, <laughs> this half the Straw Hats and like the Bartow Club getting lost in some island for a couple episodes um, on their way to Zoe. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's kind of what I thought. Like, no spoilers, but it's like something happens between them getting yeah, like, to Zoe. So, it, like, it if, if they could do that between Punk Hazard and Dressrosa, I think I could do it here. Although, I think we're kind of we ready. must never speak of that. <laughs> I think we're kind of ready for the Straw Hats to be a whole group again. And I think uh, I think there was uh, one of the animators was showing some production work on of Zoe pretty far ahead. So hopefully that means they're they're getting some really nice looking episodes for Zoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's mostly going to do it for this week. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. Yeah, no problem. All right, and then we can move on with the next segment of the podcast, whatever uh, our whatever Ed and Aaron have for us. So, uh, see you later, guys. See ya. Well, uh, well, I wish the candy machine wasn't so picky about taking beat-up dollar bills. Because a lot of workers really like candy. We understand, Homer. After all, we are from the land of chocolate. Mmm, the land of chocolate. This is the Manga Recap for Chapter 827, Totland. And on the cover this week, we have Dex of the World, 500 Million Man Arc, Volume 18, Kamabaka Queendom, Making Preparations. And they appear to be dressing a table with flowers? And he's pointing... What for? Yeah. Um, I, I figured it was some sort of, like, you know, maybe they heard about Sanji's wedding or something. And Do you think so they're, they're... going to throw him, like, a bachelorette party? <laughs> <laughs> I, are, well, if um, Baltigo's destroyed, are they going to have the revolutionaries there? Oh. oh. So they're decorating for, for Dragon's arrival. Get, a, get out of here with your <laughs> serious answers.
Please imagine Dragon sitting at that table. <laughs> I love the way he's pointing. The guy with his back to the camera. Yeah, the real sassy, like, sassy point. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right there. Uh, and my favorite flamingo. <laughs> and that one queen has like amazingly shaved legs in the back. They normally all have really hairy legs. Oh yeah. Didn't even notice that. <laughs> but Props. yeah, I love Ivankov with just tongue wagging like Jordan. Yeah, I can't wait for Ivankov to come back in the uh, series. Yeah, can only be too soon. Uh, can't be too soon. But anyway, on the first page, we uh, see someone is greeting somebody. Uh, they thought you were an enemy ship, and we see that's the Thousand Sunday that they're addressing. And he says, "So you're saying you stole this ship from pirates?" And what, what did we agree on calling these guys? Putty. Putty. Or wait, no, that's Putty's oh. is Jerma. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, yeah. So, so, so these guys are something guard different sharks? now. Yeah, the guard sharks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he continues, you're saying you stole this ship from pirates. So you're carrying something sweet on board? Of course, Mama will be delighted. But uh, it's a surprise. Don't report the ship to Mama. Girl. That wasn't in there. I just felt like adding it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the man agrees. The, the, the card shark, he agrees. That's, that's, that's lovely, most certainly. It, Master Pickums is a charming gentleman. Who's a good boy? He's a good boy. <laughs> and scratches chin. Like I don't think it was that patronizing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it kind of it kind of sounds that way because he's like a a really sort of gruff. But it, he's he, but he is a cat after all. So he could probably scratch under his chin and he and he would do that. Um. Okay. But Chopper, uh, Luffy is uh, with Chopper, and they are entering the town. Is first they point out all these different kinds of people. But second thing that they notice, and it's surprising to me that this was the second thing that they noticed, is that this is the land of chocolate. It's a whole town made out of chocolate. Look at ooh, chocolate, half price. Um, <laughs> a chocolate fountain, chocolate baths, chocolate codes. Um, but yeah, oh man, this is a Simpsons episode come alive, and I love it. And look at all the people in this panel, like this panel on the left, right over here. There's a lady with like a weird like an oreo hat or something and a man with a giant frill around his neck and uh midgets wearing cone hats and a man with like arabian pants and a turban and a bear is, is the midget an oompa loompa uh no actually no it might be a monkey actually looking oh, at his face yeah it's got a seal on a ball in the back yeah. yes it is yep wearing a top hat and also a long leg woman uh, yeah oh god i love this place so much the woman on the right, it's like her dress is like is like a pudding. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It, or yeah, like a, a like a like a jelly thing, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm, jelly dress. <laughs> It'd be awful. But the <laughs> the sunny <laughs> sort of delicious stares <laughs> stares on at the end of the page. There, I like yeah, that they, they do the uh, they do the, like the the montage. Like it's, a, it's a fountain <laughs> and a bath and clothes. Or I wonder if the clothes really are made of chocolate. I kind of hope so. I mean, it get messy. Only one way to find out. but uh go to the next page and then we get this amazing shot of carrot and nami who have changed into these absolutely adorable outfits uh nami's uh talking about how cute it is and carrot while also looking cute is you know telling nami that she's so pretty and lovely hearts (laughs) and then nami's like oh do i look like a pirate brooke and then of course brooke's just on the ground Staring right up the skirt. 
Now, actually, what I love is in the first panel, you can see the sound effect of the sliding that he's presumably doing as he just goes zoo, like into the panel behind them. <laughs> sliding directly into her DMs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. oh, dear. And I love that pose he has. He's just got the top hat on. His you know, head is held up by his arm, and he's got a cup of tea. <laughs> like, he's, en- he's enjoying the view. He's, <laughs> he's savoring it. He's resting his head in, on, in, on his hand like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Pedro's ignoring everything that's happening. That's not Pedro. Peck Holmes is annoying everything <laughs> that's happening there. He says it'll just take another day to reach Whole Cake Island, um, go up and loot on, uh, load on food supplies. Meanwhile, Nami's just telling Brooke that she will step on him, which she'd probably be okay with, and, you know, so would I. So yeah, that's she, fine. She probably also did already. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, stepped on him. <laughs> <laughs> and Carrot is adorable and an, as enthusiastic as always. Sure thing. Look, Peckhams, there are people of all races here, even minks. What a wonderland. Um, and then we get some background here from Peckhams. Uh, that's Mama's dream, you see. A land where all the peoples of the world can live together without discrimination. It has everything in this world. I think not, this is a great... I was not expecting this here. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. no. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But it, it's great. This panel's fantastic. We have minks. We have a mermaid on a car. What I assume is a snake neck with the long mm-hmm. hair in the back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I, notice that. A long neck. And uh, these little children of the forest type deals. Uh, are they yeah. Are they Tontadas? No, no, see, the Tontada is next to them. But then who are these little Pikmin guys? Like uh, super tiny ones. Yeah. yeah, they look like Will-o'-the-Wisps or something. They look like the things from Princess Mononoke. Kind of. Um, yeah. yeah. The rattleheads. Are they, huh. well, they have pointy, like almost hoods or like candles? Flames? They're Hershey Elements? kisses. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> their kisses yeah that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> and so uh peckhams goes on to explain how the um environment here is uh it's a uh, a great nation there are 34 other islands scattered around whole cake island and they're managed by 34 different ministers the entire stretch of the sea is known as Totland, the total of all lands um and this is chocolat town on cacao island cacao. where it's run by the minister of chocolate the entire town is built of chocolate. The Minister of Chocolate. Yeah, I I sort of had to laugh like at the the last little part that he put in there. It's like okay, it's Chocolate Town on Cacao Island, run by the Minister of Chocolate. Oh yeah, and the entire town is built of chocolate. Like yeah, I think we kind of put that together. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and um, as far as the uh, the Totland thing goes. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't think anyone is entirely sure, aside from Oda, what the, you know, if they're supposed to be a um, a kind of lexicological uh, source for the name Totland. Um, the kanji that he uses is, is uh, it's Bankoku in Japanese, which literally just means like all, all nations or sort of the entire world um, sort of thing. And um, so I... I assumed that, oh, well, you know, closest thing I could think of was that it's probably for short for total. Um, but who knows? I mean, it could turn out like in a few chapters, he's just going to write out in English like Toto land, like T-O-T-T-O land or something like that. You know, it's yeah, um, it's anyone's guess at this point. I thought it was like you doing a portmanteau of total and land. So it's like total land. Right. Well, that's what I kind of, you know, I added my own little explanation in there so that mm-hmm. hopefully that's that's what it ends up being. 
Um, but we move on to the next page where uh, Carrot is super excited. She wants, uh, she loves chocolate, and uh, she wants to know if it's okay to eat some. And uh, Peckham's explains or fails to explain. It's very complicated here. Uh, you can eat as much chocolate as you like, but not the roofs because, uh, you know, then it, it, they no longer function as uh, buildings protecting you from the elements. And uh, you can't do the glass because that's under the, uh, <laughs> the purview of the Minister of Candy. And you can't do the uh, load-bearing pillars because that is the Minister of Biscuits. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's other things like uh, chocolate, you know, other things aside from chocolate, um, could be either public property or privately owned. And uh, Nami has the uh, sweat drop. She's like, oh, okay, this, wow, that's really complicated. And, so, but, uh, and look at the pose he's making Peckham's. He's like, hmm. yeah, he's doing his little guts pose. Yeah. I also, and, I looked up how much uh, chocolate a rabbit could eat. Not a lot. Please do not die, Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, isn't uh, chocolate bad for most animals? Yeah, does, does Oda know about this? Uh, maybe <laughs> All the minks are going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Peckham's is like, okay, yeah, I know you're real excited, but this is not, uh, you know, this is not vacation here. Um, you got to come back right away. He, uh, he's got to stay on the ship, you know, presumably, uh, you know, both to um, protect it from snooping eyes like the uh, the guy from earlier. And also because he doesn't want to be recognized in town because he's a well-known guy. So um, he just says, I, I love chocolate. So just just make sure you bring some back for me. OK. And uh, meanwhile, he's calling out for Luffy Peckham's. Sadly, he does not get it. He's like, hey, Straw Hat. He just assumes Luffy is still on the ship. Um, you know, you just stop getting, stop wasting time. You got to disguise yourself. And, uh, I mean, he's like, what, Luffy and Chopper, they're already in town. And he is <laughs> shocked. Like, what? What? No. Uh, double take. I love the way if, if it gets that. out that, yeah, if it gets out that, um, you know, that Peckham's has brought these straw hats in there. Cause of course they're going to see Luffy. Uh, he's like, what do you think will happen to me? You know, you got to think. Of and, uh, Nami reassures him that don't worry we'll find them right away and no sooner are the words out of her mouth than the cry from the town cafe eaters see they're right over there <laughs> I, I don't i guess uh, peckham's doesn't realize what we've learned from dress rosa is it doesn't matter if they're in disguise they yes. will just get in trouble and everyone's gonna see through it anyways yep Yes. Um, actually, as we'll find out, I think Luffy and Chopper are kind of in disguise um, inadvertently here. But um, <laughs> to uh, to set the scene, the um, there is a uh, guy, a little, a little policeman here. He's got the P on and the emblem on his hat and he is scolding uh, these uh, two gentlemen here about what they have done, you know, okay, yes, the, the chocolate walls are fine, you know, they, they can get replaced, but you ate the entire cafe. That includes, and he's listing them off here, chocolate, candy, marshmallows, almonds, and jelly beans. And then we see Luffy and Chopper have just gorged themselves, uh, just belch, just belching. It's Mr. Creosote. <laughs> and uh and he says he he uh accuses them of the crime of snackalism of private property how do you translate and, uh, that Stephen? 
that was uh so the original was um it was sort of like destruction it, it was like a, a play on um the uh the official term for like destruction of private property um but it was consumption of private property instead <laughs> and i was like oh i know there's like a, i know there's like a vandalism joke that i can i can get in here and uh so i called it snackalism of private property and uh he's hauling him into the station and uh luffy is pleading there's a real good real good reason for this just let me explain well yeah let's hear it and that reason is it was too good to stop oh <laughs> it looked like they have gone through the dessert line at the buffet one too many times and only the dessert line in this case <laughs> yeah of course the police officer is so pissed like that does it you idiots are coming with me you're all under arrest um, and the crowd is going, oh wait, no, that's not the crowd. That is Pedro going, oh no, Luffy's going to get arrested while Brooke is trying to tell Pedro to stop and not cause a ruckus. And what is this? Someone comes flying in on a magic carpet saying, wait, Mr. Choco Police. <laughs> and it looks, look, look at the carpet just singing, carpet, carpet. And the Choco Police realizes the owner of the cafe. Look what happened to your business, madam. This is this is a grave crime. And um, yeah, Rook is going. Well, first Luffy is amazed that there's a flying copper right there <laughs> with a two full. I'm I'm wishing that there were more like B words in Luffy and Chopper <laughs> Dogs. We get the B word fat going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flying copper, you know. Um, <laughs> We get the reveal of the owner who she's actually angry at not Luffy and Chopper, not because that they ate the, or her business, but that there's leftovers there. It's like, look how much you left. You didn't keep your word to me, honestly. And we see the names of at least not her yet, but we see the names of the things that are around her there. She is the owner of the Cafe Caramel, um, Caramel, Caramel, Potato Tower, whatever. There's Nitro the Jelly, who's resting on her shoulder. Looks like a brain slug yes. type thing with a with a fedora. Milady. Um, and, <laughs> oh, God. And Rabian the Carpet, who has now become my favorite character of this arc right there. Well, he is um, a Rabian. Yes, he is. Exactly. With that creepy smile on his face. I, I don't know how a carpet can fly, but it's Otis Science, so we'll go with it. So the... The Choco policeman is kind of confused, not as confused as Luffy and Chopper, who are going, oh, do we know her? No, who is that? What the hell is that on her shoulder, too? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the owner keeps talking about, basically, she is um, very happy with how all the food and stuff came out for her cafe. The harmony of the, the jam, the biscuit and chocolate. And she basically is so proud of how that was calling it a masterpiece and then she just stuffs the rest of it down <laughs> Luffy and Chopper's mouths making sure to eat all of it up is it good uh, is, is it, it good, good? Yeah. do you think it's good do you think it's good oh she looks so cute though you can't deny her she does <laughs> 100% not hiding a third eye yeah That's totally all. <laughs> totally Spoilers. normal here she's just third eye blind right now it's okay <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> um so then luffy and chopper flop over going yum and they're just completely spherical at this point point. and this unnamed woman 
uh, turns around to look at the chocolate police who are saying, pardon me, ma'am, I didn't realize they were dismantling expired products. So I guess this is something that frequently happens on Whole Cake Island is people come and eat the buildings and they build new ones. Uh, she explains that she hired them to do it. And the police officer scolds them very jovially that they've got to follow the, col the code and uh, there needs to be a sign up when they're working and that there's still customers inside. So, you know. You didn't eat the customers, did you? <laughs> we don't know maybe, yet. <laughs> maybe the customers' clothes? They said the clothes are edible. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so the police officers decide to leave them to it. And uh, the lady says, thank you. And apologizes to everybody for the disturbance. But everybody's, you know, they're pretty chill with it. They're like, haha, it wasn't a crime after all. And they kind of go on their especially, merry way. Especially the four-armed man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on, folks. Nothing to, see here. Here. Nothing to see here. Wait, so there's Maybe like a four-armed tribe? I guess. Why not? Oh, sick. He's right there. Or if this is Alice in Wonderland theme, he's smoking. Clearly, we found oh, our caterpillar. The caterpillar. Yeah. speak in Alan Rickman's voice. Oh, <laughs> too soon, man. Too soon. Uh, so it wasn't a crime after all, Mr. Potter. <laughs> 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 just talk like you just drank a bunch of milk. That's how you sound like Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um, so the police officer uh, turns to this woman he says while I have the chance might I add congratulations on your marriage lady pudding and um, says not to tire herself out because the wedding is so near and that they all just want her to be happy and pudding blushes totally red and she's like thank you the little heart oh I forgot how smug Nitro is down there. <laughs> swear to God. Piece of shit. <laughs> Basically, every neckbeard in the world is Nitro. <laughs> we already had Vanderdecken. Come on. <laughs> oh, just hope, like the real hope, world, there are many. So I've been, I've been, I've been rewatching Ori Monogatari and and putting blushing like that just reminds me of Yamato Rinko so much. Uh, my love story is the, yeah. Uh, I hope show. that's the the, the main character. Oh, that would be great. Can we petition that? Yes. <laughs> Use your sway, One Piece podcast. Come on, do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call Toei right now. Go for mm. it. Um. So then, Carrot and Nami are talking, and they're like, "Wow, somebody stepped in to save them." And who's that girl? She's so nice. And Pedro is sort of thinking to himself, "He's like, wow, they're really lucky." Um. And Brooke kind of blurts out, like, wow, that's just the power power of the future king of the pirates. And then... <laughs> it's a very large man walking behind them. There is. Yeah, like a tattoo, mm -hmm. And he kind of looks like he has a fin on his head. So maybe he's a fisherman? Maybe a turban? I'm not sure. I thought it was a turban. Know, oh, wait. Oh, we're going, we're going... Oh, yeah, there's a fisherman it's on a the fisherman. left there. Yeah. There's a very large mm -hmm. giant behind Nami. A spotted oh, giant. I didn't even notice him. I thought that was a house. He's dressed in like <laughs> he's dressed in like a Fred Flintstone costume. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm digging the styles here. Like I there's turbans that. going on, and also like European style stuff. It's very very unique. Hmm. Um, but in the crowd, this wolf man uh, notices Pedro, and he's like, Captain Pedro, I haven't seen you in ages. And Pedro immediately clamps his snout shut, which I love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he tells he whispers to this wolf man that I'm sightseeing don't tell anyone and this wolf guy wolf guy is like of course it's an honor to see you again and Nami asks Pedro you know someone here and he very mysteriously very coolly very sexily says I'll explain later 
Aaron. <laughs> I saw Zootopia last weekend. It's just done. Okay? It's done. Aaron, no. Oh, God. Went over to the first side. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Kelly. So now we're back over with Luffy, who is still continuing to eat and saying, Oh, so your name is Pudding. Thanks, you realize saved us there. And Pudding is, oh, no, not at all. I should be the one who's thanking you. And when they ask how come, she becomes incredibly adorable and says, for what you said, that it was too good to stop. Eek. And then we pan out to this adorable little building. And if you see on the right, Carrot seems to be doing her own thing. It looks like she might be eating the wall. Kind of hard to tell. Carrot, no. Absolutely. I think she is. Hopefully, minks don't have the same result that rabbits do with regards to eating chocolate. And then uh, pudding starts to get into, this is a new recipe that I devised. Did it melt in your mouth properly? And she talks about how she used a high-purity beet sugar into the cocoa butter for added sweetness and then added the milk and mixed for three days and nights at 84 degrees. So what the heck is beet sugar? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it made from beets? Sugar beets. Yeah. Ah. Nature's candy. <laughs> sugar is also pretty sugar cane is still natural too oh, okay. mm-hmm. uh, it's like the song says peaches are nature's candy and you see putting fidgeting all over the place and saying still, i swear hearing those compliments hand. is going to make me cry and and she reminds me of someone who's eaten nothing but candy all day and is just incredibly hyper <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, Brooke is, uh, why, what a sweetheart. So you like making chocolate. I love sweet stuff. This place is heaven. The whole town smells like chocolate. Even the table is chocolate. And oh, is that Chopper? Is he yeah. Chopper. That? That's Chopper's eating the table. Uh, yeah, Chopper's eating the table. Nitro's just So you like out. making chocolate might have been, might have been Brooke. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, and once again, dying over there. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) I'm glad. And of course, Nami, uh, cuts to the chase and says, well, pudding, we'd love to sit around and thank you properly, but we're actually in a hurry. And pudding, uh, offers them some quick cup of tea to help wash down the sugar. She's so cute. It's absolutely (laughs) adorable. And at this point she asks, uh, she's, what their names are. I haven't heard your names yet. And Luffy, in true Luffy fashion, immediately says his name uh, and says he will be the man who will be the king of the... And, of course, Nami stops him. So, based on Pudding's face, I think she probably knows who that is. Uh, What's that? You're Lucy? I've heard of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I... I didn't realize it the first time, but I love that Luffy and Chopper have are now in disguise, aka they're just wearing turbans on top of their hats. Yep, <laughs> hats on that's hats. subtle. Well, Luffy's also wearing a completely different shirt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he is. Like a yeah, deal. he has like there's there's like um, a mandarin collar on it, and it's a lighter color. At least I'm thinking it's lighter color than his normal red shirt, which is usually inked in dark. Maybe mm-hmm. he got it from Sai. Or uh, from Don Chinjao's group, the Haposui. That's possible. Maybe. But on the next page, we start on Whole Cake Island. And <laughs> it's it's starting. This is, uh, I, I thought this was Be Prepared from the Lion King. But based on the Talking Bureau, it's probably Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> how many more days until the tea party? Three days, say the flowers. 
I see. And the German boy. He's here, Mama, say the fixtures. It's a wedding, wedding, wedding. About the cake, the wedding cake. Wedding, wedding, wedding cake. How's the design? Just fine. And the budget? Extravagant. The ingredients? Only the finest through murder and theft. There are people dead. Like, there's a burger and a baby bassinet <laughs> and a doorway <laughs> and a, a shirt. A shirt that is just animated and walking around. It's it's flying. It's there. Uh, they got the eggs by killing and flour and fruit also by killing. There's a lot, uh, there's a, uh, it looks like, like a woman with a very wide brimmed hat and a man with a stovepipe hat. And I'm not sure if it's a man or woman riding like a, uh, a flamingo or something or a pelican, maybe. Looks like an emu. Yes. A crane. Ibis, yes, yeah. a, a crane. It's a, oh. I think it's a crane. But um, man, they got that fruit. That fruit is huge. Um, there's some Easter those giant too. eggs are huge too. God, the taste, they'll guarantee it as they wave their knives around and they let us all eat a tasty cake, the sweetest deal to make, the tea party from hell. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a that sun, sad look that... at the sun. <laughs> He's going to pour two scoops of raisins into your cereal. <laughs> and... and kill you. Two scoops of death. <laughs> I'm actually a little sad because that, that girl who got the eggs is a swords wielder. So it's like, oh, Zora's oh, not there. Oh, well. Man. Brooke's there. Brooke's there, yeah. And Pedro yeah. as well. Uh, I love how swishy Big Mom actually is. She seems very light on her feet, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's spinning around. Yeah, man. Yeah, just all the detail on this stuff is great. I was talking with Greg, and we were both reminded uh, specifically uh, what the burger. We were reminded of the... Um, Back in like the '80s, when McDonald's uh, playpen, like playground areas, were just oh, anything yeah. goes, yeah. they had Mayor, those Mayor officer Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Mayor no, it was the officer, like officer burger. They had these little uh, like things you would walk in. It was like a, it was a, an officer with uh, the the burger, and the the bur- two halves of the burger were were held apart like a mouth. And then you could crawl around on the inside in between the two. So oh you were like God. inside the burger. I remember spot. those. That thing was terrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, McDonald's, you're the burger. <laughs> I thought Grimace was scary enough. Well, Jesus Grimace God. is also on this page. Look, he's in the he's above the burger guy. There's, there's a Grimace. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a smile. Come on. <laughs> and there's also the cousin of the talking tree from Thriller Bark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's I guess where Moria gets the idea. So I wonder then, and the do you suppose these guys who are acquiring the ingredients, uh, do you suppose that they are just like random mooks of mamas? Or do you think these are going to be like the officers, like these going to be the bad guys that we come to know? I don't think I they'd think conceal. I don't, I don't think they'd conceal their identities like this if, if he wasn't going, if they weren't yeah. going to be. Yeah. I'm just really hoping that this lady with the huge hat and the sword is real. And like yeah. that I can get into because oh, I'm awesome. way into. It's such a cool design. Oh, it's so cool! It's like Vampire Hunter D, but a lady. <laughs> the guy in the middle looks like he's a long arm because I don't yep. think uh, that was. Yeah. Also, I like that it's literally a stovepipe hat. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think the one riding on the crane might be a mink? I can't tell. Yeah. If you look at the nose, yeah. it kind of looks like it. Oh yeah, I hope it's another animal that's eating the devil fruit because those are always fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. an object that's eating an animal devil fruit. Who knows? I right. assume that these are all the other islands around uh, Whole Cake, then, and I'm assuming they're all maybe food themed. 
Well, uh-huh. no, they wouldn't need to kill people if these were their yeah. islands. Or would yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> They've been sent far afield to faraway places for the, this is important wedding feast stuff. Only the best. But regardless of whether or not the people who have it want to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not, this isn't um, even the last page. Yes, and then we turn the last page, and um, so for this this page, uh, I I kind of wrote the um, the dialogue in sort of like uh, I don't know, like the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, type rhythm. Like I just imagine all these horrifying, you know, gremlin voices um, for all these things. And uh, they're sort of chanting and singing, is it strawberry jam or someone's blood? Either one is fine. If you're invited, you have to come. A demonic sacrifice for our sweet pastime. This is our beloved land of dreams. (laughs) And uh, it's a country where all peoples come together. It's Toddland. And yes, you get the full view of everything tree tree flower flower house house mountain mountain (laughs) and yeah they're all (laughs) they're they're all you know it's like some of them are cute some of them are horrifying uh some of them are are just silly looking um but man rainbow yeah most terrifying of all indeed (laughs) so like you know, if the if the regular guys were card sharks, was there a name for like a, a generic name for all of the um, uh, the servants in uh, Beauty and the Beast that got turned into items? Because no. I feel like that should apply to these things. They were just like the servants, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cogsworth Brigade. Cogsworth Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so the reminded Apple. of of uh toontown like when eddie valiant gets into toontown and who framed roger oh, rabbit yes, yes. Yeah. i was just gonna say that that's a good and it's one just as disturbing and traumatizing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon yeah. somebody's gonna melt a little shoe and a vat of acid and i'll be done with one piece for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like the who was we've got here who was the bad guy in that movie is that um oh um christopher lloyd christopher lloyd, christopher yeah. lloyd. yeah that's right <laughs> Ooh. Um, but yes, the big takeaway here is that somehow uh, Big Mom knows that he is here. Straw Hat Doom. And that is the end of this chapter. I love One Piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. God, I, I, I smiled so much. I, just, I couldn't stop smiling this whole chapter. But let's, uh, let's get all your final thoughts first. Let's go to Kelly. So I was really surprised to start out the chapter actually on land. I, for some reason, didn't expect it so suddenly, but I guess it kind of makes sense because they wouldn't be traveling for that long. But I was wondering if perhaps we'd see a flashback at some point for how they formulated this plan. Um, But I really love this chapter. I thought it had so much going on and the style is really unique. It looks like we're going to get a whole maybe European sort of fairy tale kind of thing going. It's got a really big Hansel and Gretel theme, I think, right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And I'm kind of curious as to who tipped off Big Mom that Luffy is here. Although I suppose eating a cafe is a pretty good way to reveal yourself without having anyone rat you out. (laughs) I I had a theory on that, which is, uh, and you know, we, we sort of joked about how creepy he is, but 
what is the deal with Nitro the jelly? Like maybe he's basically just watching, putting for, like everything that she does. Maybe he's somehow reporting, or she can see. Big Mom can see through what he he sees. Well, and do you remember the first time we see pudding? Big Mom is kind of like drooling this nasty stuff on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. this like big, like blue glob. And I wonder if she like made her drool animate. And it's keeping tabs on pudding. Was nitro. Oh. Back to see that. Yeah. Because I mean, it's still pretty unclear what her ability is, but obviously, there's lots of stuff that's alive and singing that shouldn't be alive and singing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I have a feeling that it's some sort of like Midas power. You know, like she touches mm. stuff and it comes to life. <laughs> because I mean, it's too the yeah the pattern is too clear in in terms of that. Like there's just so much of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly, did you have anything else you wanted to share? Uh, no, I think that's it. It's, it. It was it was definitely really interesting. I'm trying not to to like pudding because I'm a big Sanji fan, so <laughs> it's kind of hard because she's super charming. But um, I I'm, want I'm, these, I want these kids to make it work. You know, I see. Now I'm anti wedding. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, and I'm sure if Steve was here, he'd feel the same way. Uh, Dennis, uh, what are your thoughts on the chapter? I also really enjoyed just the zaniness of this chapter. Oda continues to do it again where like, oh, all right, I think I know where the next chapter is going to go. It's going to be a while before they get to Nope, we're already there on the island and it is batshit crazy. Um, the sun looks like the happier version of the sun from Super Mario 3. Because um, <laughs> fuck that sun. That, that is a terrible villain. Um, the... The inanimate objects coming to life, everything having a face and stuff. It's like someone took um, Moria's shadow powers and made it ten times more um, more potent. That's what I know? was thinking. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, so that, that explanation about um, maybe Big Mom's powers is like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way. Oh, So right now, I'm trying to wrap my head around that because that's just mind-blowing right there. <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Luffy and Chopper would make a beeline to eat something after what they suffered through, you know, <laughs> from that poison fish fiasco that happened last chapter. Chopper especially. Mm-hmm. I like I how Chopper is so fat that even his arms are like chubby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of laughs for this chapter. So I, I always enjoy the comedic aspect of one piece right on yeah um let's get some thoughts from jill yeah so um kind of was blindsided by this um definitely didn't know i don't know what i was expecting but it wasn't a land where like um free of like discrimination where it's all these different kinds of races and stuff which i think is oda's element he has the most fun drawing crazy scenes when he can just kind of go ham with the character designs. Like you could tell he had fun with the toys and Dressrosa and the characters in Fisherman Island and stuff. And I think with all the different races here, he's going to really be able to do a lot. Um, and I am pro pudding, but anti wedding. Um, <laughs> Cause she's adorable and I could hope they're friends, but also no. Uh, <laughs> is that a realistic just, stance? <laughs> <laughs> 
She, come on, she is the perfect dessert chef to his chef. She completes his meal. That's suspicious, mm-hmm. though. That's exactly. so suspicious. Exactly. It's too good. I, it's too good. And not only, I just, I can't see Sanji in a relationship with a woman unless he gets some weird character adjustment because I cannot deal with him just fawning over them constantly. <laughs> like, come on, Sanji. I'd be so down with you getting with her otherwise. <laughs> I mean, nobody says there has to be a commitment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> also, I, uh, it's so hard to get a read on Big Mom. Because, like, on one hand, land free of discrimination. Everyone seems happy. I mean, Dressrosa did at first, too. But, like, all these people seem pretty chill. Um, and, on the, and her daughter seems great. And, you know, what? we assume she's Lola's mother as well. And that sounds great. On the other hand, she eats people. And also, this is yeah. terrifying. It's like uh, it's like Evangelion. All will become one with Mama. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> no, we already have Raju. Oh God, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> That's horrifying. Um, yeah, it was just a super fun chapter. I love putting Nami and Carrot look adorable. I'm really digging Oda's new fashion sense. That's happening here. Also, Pudding's boobs are not enormous. Well, relatively to One Piece. And she's wearing pants. She's pants, wearing pants on a girl. They're like gauchos, too. I know. Yeah, they're Super great. Cute. So cute. So yeah. <laughs> cute. Like, yeah, I like to think that Nitro's keeping an eye on Pudding, making sure she doesn't do a runner or something. Um, Pull a Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, super cute. Um stuff so far. I'm really excited for this arc. Pedro has some weird backstory that's going to come up. It's great. Right on. Steven, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this um, great, great chapter. Um, you know, as, as um, everyone else mentioned, you know, the humor is, is great. The, um, the design is, it just really, uh, it has a lot of impact. Like it, it just immediately jumps out to you um, just how well crafted the aesthetic is that uh, Oda is doing here. Um, I did... Uh, I, I also found it kind of interesting that um, Pedro had this brief uh, moment that hints at, you know, more more of a story for him. And I kind of wonder if it has something to do with this um, kind of tentative relation between him and Peckham's, um, because we know that, you know, he said he's the only one who can kind of keep an eye or keep Peckham's in check for some reason or another. I feel like that probably has something to do with this um and the fact that he called him captain maybe pedro was um the the leader of his own um band of pirates or something like that um i'm sure we'll find out uh the i mean i loved everything i guess if there's one uh minor gripe that i would have um it's just that certain there were certain aspects of it that struck me as a little bit um similar to kind of the way that he presented um, Dress Rosa, um, specifically with some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, with, with Dress Rosa, the um, he had a specific design for all the architecture and stuff. And then there was like certain buildings that he used those real life models, like those buildings in Spain that were like super kind of crazy and fairy tale looking. And I, I feel like, you know, he he used those a lot. And then this is basically just like that taken to the entire extreme like this is an actual fairy tale land looking place and um there's a there's a little bit of similarity there and also oh it's you know the people living um intermingling with uh the um the toys and then you had the fairies 
And here it's sort of like, okay, now we have everybody. So you have, you know, not only the the Tentadas, but all the d different races. And then you have these sort of living features and all that stuff. And there's a little bit of overlap, I think, just aesthetic wise um, that uh, didn't really sour me on it. But I was just sort of like, uh, I bet if he if you know, he was was able to, you know, he would have probably preferred to space them out a few arcs further um, if uh, if he could. But, you know, he he's clearly knows what he's doing with this. And I'm really looking forward to um, where he takes uh, just the the overall look of this arc. I, re I really want to see like the other islands, um, you know, the island of candy and the island of biscuits and all that other stuff, because, um, uh, yeah, a great start to this this arc for sure. Um, really looking forward to uh next chapter right yeah on. i agree with you seeming a lot like just rosa right at the beginning even with them like trying to pretending to be in disguise as they go out right right yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh aaron what do you think yeah um i definitely share steven's sentiment about how this is so similar to dress rosa and it makes me nervous because i remember also being really excited for dress rosa when i first saw it because it was like the first time in a long time in one piece that we had seen a very populated um, island, and mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool, but then Dressrosa just dragged on and on, and now we're here, a whole cake island, and it's this really super populated island with all these cool characters and stuff, but then it's like 34 surrounding islands, and that set off like a little fl like red flag for me, because <laughs> I'm very concerned that it's going to be like, oh no, everybody's on a different island, now we're going to have to get back together, and that's going to take a hundred chapters. <laughs> So. The, thing, the thing is, I, I feel like Oda knows that, too. Like, there's no way that he didn't have dress rosa fatigue as well. So yeah. and I think like the fact that we saw those kind of presumed uh, sort of sub villains in um, in outline in this chapter, like in the same chapter that we get Big Mom's kind of full reveal, I think, is a sign that he's like, yeah, he's going to move it faster. Yeah. I mean, he has to. I hope so. I thought, I hope it's just like an explanation of the kind of kingdom that this is. It's really more of an empire, if you think about it, mm -hmm. um, because she is an empress, after all. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting was that this is an island that's clearly uh, bogged down with bureaucracy, with all of these ministers running every little thing. And I'm wondering if he's going to go further into that as the arc goes on, because I think that'll be a very interesting uh, commentary, maybe, on mm. Japan, which has been known to also get bogged down with bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this. Love pudding. Love everybody. Filled with so much love and hype. I'm, I've been consistently at like a 10 for excitement for each chapter <laughs> yeah. since Zoe. And that's just a really good feeling. Yep, and uh, I pretty much feel the same way as as y'all feel about this. This this land is so whimsical and fun, and also sinister at the same time. With uh, Big Mama's big production number of you know Disney musical villain, she's basically <laughs> like I don't know prancing around like Ursula the Sea Witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Oh, thank God. I, I dig I dig her the most. She is she is great. She's like. Complete opposite in coolness from Kaido as a, one of the four emperors, but it's a different kind of cool where she's just so happy and whimsical, but also sinister that you can't like help. She has a charisma. You can't not, cannot look at her. 
I yeah. like her tiny umbrella because <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's not going to work out for you, lady. Come on. It's and too tiny. The thing's dripping already. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to see her fight because with Kaido, you can be like, he's this big hulking dude, regardless of what devil fruit he is. You can see him as being powerful. But as like, as far as we can tell, she's just got like acid, like, like uh, saliva. And she's just this big woman. I really want to see how she like brings that to fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suspect it'll be all objects that she controls. I don't know if she'll actually do any of the fighting. I'm wondering. Good point. Mm. It do, that does draw parallels with uh, Moria again. Yeah. Um, there, so there is a parallel of making it a little too much like that, but I don't think that's going to be that much of a problem. But ultimately, I really enjoyed this chapter, but unless you guys have anything else that you want to add, uh, we can move on to the piece together. Uh, just want to say, as a person who works at a candy store... This is extremely exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Dig it. All right, let's do it. This is the Piece Together segment where we take your questions, comments, theories, and cover them in chocolate and eat them. So we start off with Reddit. (laughs) Starting off with Reddit this week and... Uh, since Steven had to depart for a barbecue, Jill is taking charge of Reddit this week. All right. Hello, everyone. So our first question from Reddit is uh, Black Northwind. And they ask, do you think the Straw Hats still have Rayleigh's Beaver card with them? Oh, yeah. Yes. Don't see why not. Indeed. Also, Jill, I have to compliment you on your, like, superb main accent for a moment there. Black Northwind. Oh, <laughs> I was I I put North because that's how it's spelled. Oh, I thought it was Black Northwind. Nope. There's well, no R. now I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, I'm sure they have release uh, of your card. All right, let's go to the next. All right, and so we have another question, or rather, comment here from Black Northwind, doing um some movie titles from that uh question a few weeks ago so here's some one piece movie titles captain usopp critical war the liar book the hunterman lost war hack powder mm. <laughs> hack potter <laughs> and lord of the pirates okay all right on all right um oh is anyone familiar with urasara's work because the other yeah. why is the questions for zach I mean, I am, but I haven't finished anything that he's done except for 20th Century Boys, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Thank you for asking, Frankie Centaur. <laughs> All right. Okay, so from Warden of the Southeast, with how Pedro reacted to being spotted, but um, shh, Jack Roger. Um, oh, think, man. Do you think well, someone else put it, was pointed it out in the thread already. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. credits to Nojas for that. Do you think he could be the traitor who led Jack to Zoe? There's a good theory out there where all the all of Kaido's subordinates are playing card themed, or card themed. Uh, Jack, Joker, Sheep's Head, Gin Rummy, etc. And Pedro is also a relatively popular one. It could also lead to a Pedro Peckham showdown, which could result in Peckham's being the new Straw Hat, who was once a villain. This would also mean Peckham's either had a falling out with Big Mom, or perhaps Germa sixty six and Kaido team up to assassinate Big Mom. Adding more to the Peckham's Pedro fight than just Joe thoughts. Ooh. Wow. I don't I mean, how is Pedro a card theme? I don't I is it, guess. Is it a game? It must be, but I've never heard of it. Yeah. 
I'm I think the uh, I don't I don't think Peckham's had a falling out with Big Mom that's so much as he kind of betrayed Big Mom by being loyal to Zoe and Capone took him out for that. It's not I don't think it, there was any sort of order from Big Mom to do that. Yeah, uh, he wasn't even like trying to go against Big Mom. It wasn't like he was sticking it to her. It's just he had like um some loyalty to them helping Zoe. Right. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't I don't I don't really think Pedro is going to be one to betray. Although he's had that, that it was an interesting interaction he had with that mink on the, the island in this chapter. Yeah, yeah I just don't too much want about. to think that Pedro's a bad guy. <laughs> Pedro's a bad guy. No, <laughs> bad cat. <laughs> no, he's a he's a good cat. Bad kitty. Well, <laughs> if they are playing card themed, I'm excited for my favorite, who will eventually show up. Egyptian rat screw. Oh. Hmm. Make sure to take off rings when you're playing that game. No, you wear have... rings on purpose. <laughs> I have a scar from playing that in college with a friend who had very long nails. It was cut through. Oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah. No, Fantastic. All right. Super Dubes is back this week. How's it going, OPP? After speaking with you guys during the call-in episode one, or episode, I decided it was time to actually start using my YouTube channel again to upload stuff. It's mostly going to be me doing reviews of anime, manga, TV shows, and other things I enjoy, as well as gameplay of things like Burning Blood when it comes out. I was wondering if there's any advice you'd like to give someone who's about to start putting their opinion out there on the internet for the first time in an open manner on a platform like YouTube. I've already got a Blue Yeti, so sound quality of my voice shouldn't be an issue, unless I really mess things up in Audacity. Uh, finally, I want to say that I felt kind of bad about picking on Zach when I called in. I was in the moment and may have overstepped a little. No. As a regular listener, it can feel like I know you all when I don't actually don't, so I just want to apologize for that. I doubt any of you will remember what I'm apologizing for. I just grew up Catholic and have a constant <laughs> feeling of guilt hanging over my head and felt the need to apologize. Yo, same. <laughs> never feel yeah. bad about picking on Zach. Yeah, pick don't on Zach that. all the time. Zach yeah. is the worst. Zach is the worst. <laughs> As, no, no, no. We, as we far as that. advice for putting your voice out there, uh, have, just speak slowly and <laughs> speak clearly and have something to say. A lot of people go on the internet doing stuff and they don't have a lot to say, so they just flame out. Just have something to say. And I have uh, two things, too. Um, well, actually, they're both kind of related. Don't worry about the comments, whether it is lack of or a bunch of hate on it. Like, don't worry about those just like unless something is real critical that's happening uh, don't don't pay attention to people who are either hating or lack of comments and stuff too so just keep doing what you're doing eventually it'll get found i think the best mean comment somebody's written about me so far was can she even swim <laughs> I, mean, I don't know the context um but i'd like to say that yes i can swim <laughs> for Maine, it's required, right? That's right. It's how we get to school every day. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. So from Gladius Wing Zero. Hi, guys. So it's quite likely that Funimation will be dubbing Film Gold based on how they handled the Film Z dub. So do you guys have any idea if it's possible to dub the Heart of Gold tie-in? I know that Funny doesn't dub specials and the early movies for some reason, but would that be possible? We know that's something that they're looking at doing, but... Um... I don't know if they see value in a physical release of TV specials like that, because that's the only way that they would really do a dub for it, is if they were going to do a physical release for it. So mm -hmm. trying to get them to do one would get the other. The only way I could think of it would be if, for some reason, Toei decides to include that as a limited collector's edition for a Blu-ray release or something. 
then if it's included on the physical disc, Funimation might do that too. But they don't really tend to do those things. Nope, they don't. All right. So from Valentine Menace, hey, OPP, love your work. Have to give thanks to Roger's base for informing me of you. Two questions. With Big Mom's reveal this year, or this year, what the heck, this chapter, and a look at her ability, what do you think of the theory that her fruit room similar to Moria, but can influence inanimate objects? Uh, second question yes. as a, oh, go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Listen to the manga recap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> second question, as I'm expecting my firstborn in December, congratulations, is what, in what age is a good time to introduce a child to One Piece? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks in advance. Oh, What's the actual rating for TV? Is it PG thirteen? Uh, I think it's like Y. Oh, yeah, maybe it I wouldn't said. be Y seven. No, it's my TV, advice. Is it PG TV PG. I think TV PG. Hmm. I mean, when I taught in Japan, my elementary school kids as young as eight were definitely into One Piece. That's. I mean, isn't like um, eight to fourteen the the demographic for it? I think it's more like fourteen to eighteen, like middle school to high school kids. But younger kids definitely get into it, and I think there's definitely like parts like the earlier parts of the manga might be really good to show to a small child they're not so violent or complicated and they're so fun and colorful that mm-hmm. i think kids would really enjoy it i would one say piece playing during the birth and then just continue from there <laughs> <laughs> eventually they'll get caught up if jill if you ever have kids i can see you like putting your microphones on your belly so that the kids can get it like in vitro <laughs> <laughs> gotta go gotta go Eight, so right. eight, eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Fanime YT, I think, or F Anime YT. I don't know. I was meant to, I meant to ask this when we had the chapter that first showed Yanji at the end. But do you think that Oda changed the way that Sanji's eyebrows curled after the time skip to avoid confusion with the other Vincents? And he sent us a picture for comparison. Uh, they both just curled the opposite way. Does he mean the shape? I'm not entirely sure what he means. Um, like, I would imagine Oda came with Sanji's design first and then decided to change, you know, to mix it up with Yonji instead. Right. That yeah. Seems plausible. All right. I, I guess we'll have to wait to see the other Vin Smokes and kind of see how they work. Right. Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. All right. Um, from SD Custer. Hey, OPP. Quick question. Does anyone know what's up with the Tea Party timeline? At the end of Fishman Island, Baron Tamago said four days. In this recent chapter, it was said that it is three days from the current time. I know just Rosa was a long day, but I feel like I remember reading that they rested for some time in a chapter following Doflamingo's defeat. Or did Punk Hazard, Just Rosa, and Zoe really all happen in a day and a half? Well, then, no. SD Custer, I pose a question to you. Do you think that Big Mom is the kind of person who only has one tea party? <laughs> Good point. I was also going to say, because of the candy situation on Fishman Island, didn't the tea party get delayed because of that? So this might be the mm. makeup date for the tea party. Oh, if it only happened date. to be one. Mm. But I also agree with Ed that, like, Big Mom probably throws a tea party every week. I mean, if, you know, in England, they do a tea time every day. So <laughs> special be wedding this time party. tea party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Melody0611 asks, do you guys think that the snail ship is artificially bred? Uh, uh, I think it's maybe. 
no particular reason why, but uh, what if be. it's a ship that ate the snail snail fruit? Hey, oh my god! I please, don't I think it would sail. <laughs> oh wait! <laughs> 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 Immediate regret on that answer. Why not? And I pop mean, that bubble. Sorry. No, you could you could put a mast into the sh- the snail shell. That's how ships work, right? But like, <laughs> but wouldn't the salt would... water? Oh my god! Mess it up. No, well, they could put him on like a little like boat thing on the bottom. So Don't he's got crush my dreams. He's not even a ship that's sailing. It's yeah, just a, it's ship, just a, a just ship that ate the snail. <laughs> that's on another ship. <laughs> that is <sailing. laughs> Don't okay. crush my dreams of ship snail soon. ship. I mean, it'd be interesting if the Vin Smokes were just like really good at breeding Denton Mushies and making them really big. I don't know. Maybe got the snail farm up the state. Yeah, because transponder snails are part technology, and it seems that the Vince Mokes are all about that tech. So Yeah. That'd be interesting. All right, from Cavendish Summer, uh, we have seen some pretty evil things in One Piece, but nothing like Big Mom's evil plan unleash- unleashing a diabetes epidemic. Yes. <laughs> diabetes. Well, Carrot's going to die this chapter, so all right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Will Big Mumly. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh. right. Zach's not here. <laughs> God. One, two, three, four, NTAC says, Hey, OPP, I've been listening to all of you since the time skip in the manga. Absolutely love you guys. Aw, oh, thanks. I noticed while reading chapter 816 in Japanese, the one where it's revealed Raizo is on Zo after all, that in the panel right, af- right before Nekomamushi and Inuarashi clash, Kinemon notices them and says, Inu and Neko. And that was such an oh shit moment for me because normally that would have been written as something in Japanese. <laughs> With the kanji <laughs> I kind of wish Stephen was still here. Yeah, do you want to take that over, uh, Aaron? Because I can't understand that. Well, he says that Kinemon notices them and says, Inu to Neko, so like dog and cat, but written in katakana instead of the kanji. And what this person is saying is that um, that Kinemon might have known them before the reveal, since it's entirely possible that Kinemon shortened their names as a nickname. So that's why the words dog and cat were written differently than they usually would have been. Oh, well, that's cool. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, because the, the way sense. people talk, the way people talk in Japanese is highly influenced about who they're talking to and what they're talking about. So, or well, katakana can also be used as like emphasis, like putting something into italics. Ooh. So Kinemon could have just been really surprised, and his words were emphasized as like, "Well, a dog and a cat," kind of feel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. Huh. Japanese is very complicated. Um. And then they ran off by saying, this brings me to my question, request, plea, prayer, that these lost in translation moments be pointed out if there are Japanese fluent guests on, so we can all appreciate the small touches that non-Japanese readers might not be able to appreciate. Thank you for your time and keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and Ryunosuke, climbing the red line to marry Joa, can it be done? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can, with vigor. With a don. <laughs> all right zalumi says hey opp big mom's territory is an exotic wonderland of sweets straight out of a fairy tale just this weekend uh, alice through the looking glass opened in theaters coincidence i think not 
ever the real question. Did any of you guys play the Land of Chocolate music from The Simpsons while reading this chapter? Fuck yeah. Of course. <laughs> I was at work and I was playing it. Not out loud with my headphones, but you know. <laughs> I don't so, uh, even that's... know if Alice Through the Looking Gas is out in Japan, so coincidence. Probably not. Yeah, it's probably coincidence that the movie came out recently, but I highly suspect that that's some kind of... In- the the books are an influence on Oda for this. Mm-hmm. So actually probably is a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. All right. Millard Fillmore, 13, my favorite president. Um, in this chapter, <laughs> we see some singing trees with Big Mom. First, I thought Oda was simply reusing the tree character design from Thriller Bark, which we all know and love. But then I realized that these trees are much more important than your run-of-the-mill zombie trees. First, I would like to draw your attention to Big Mom's flag. It clearly has a tree on it, which I'm sure you all know. But why is this? People like to speculate that this is somehow connected to the origins of devil fruits, but I would like to argue that is not the case. We can observe that when the f- then f- when facing the flag, the tree, which is green and brown, for those of you unfamiliar with common plant life, <laughs> is located on the right side of the skull. On a pirate crew, the right-hand man is also known as the well, first mate. Hold on. No, that's not right. It's on the left side of the skull. It's on. It's, if you're looking at the flag, it's on your right-hand side. But it's on the left side of the skull. It's uh, stage left. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being pedantic. So let's we just conclude. hear him out. Yeah, let's hear him out. <laughs> so Sorry. we can conclude that this tree is the highest ranking officer of the Big Mom Pirates. But wait, <laughs> in this chapter we can see multiple trees. Three to be exact. How could three trees all be the first mates of Big Mom? That doesn't make any sense. Or does it? As I'm sure you know, trees have roots. Therefore, I would like to propose that these trees are, in fact, one tree connected by the roots. But wait, they each have a face. How could this be the case? Well, my naive friends, the tree obviously ate the face-face fruit, a paramecia, <laughs> that allows these to have two faces. And since this tree is so powerful, it awakened its devil fruit, which gave it the ability to sprout three faces. Now, since I have convinced you that this single tree is Big Mom's first mate, it is clear that the one who will have to fight it in this arc is Zoro, as he is the first mate of the Straw Hats. This chapter will be called Three Sword Style versus Tree Sword Style. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite, quite, the way, quite the distance to get there. That was good. That was worth it. Thank you. <laughs> I need to drink some water, but that was good. Tree sword style. <laughs> oh well, if you if if you want to have a drink of water, I'll do. The, I'll take the next uh, one. I don't uh, know. I'll keep reading. It's all good. Okay, go ahead. All right, and the uh, next one is uh, we need to offer him more. Asking in the interview <laughs> of Kape Yamaguchi on the OPP website, he says. In previous movies and in the anime, each member of the Straw Hats would typically take on each member of the opponent's team until Luffy faced the final boss. Things will be different this time around. I think the tactful team battle should be satisfying to watch. Is it a confirmation to an Oz fight 2.0? So just for context, he's talking about One Piece film gold here. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's actually really exciting. I think that... Uh, with the interview with Kazuki Yao, he also mentions that Frankie and Luffy will be teaming up in this movie. So oh my God. it looks like it's going to be a lot of team battles, maybe sort of similar to movie six, mm. as opposed to people fighting one on one. So, yeah, I think we can definitely look forward to like an Oz fight 2.0. I hope so. Those are always more fun, especially like the the less like not popular, but the less the team ups that aren't used that often, like mm-hmm. Luffy and Frankie and stuff. This will be good. Who do you guys want to see teamed up? Oh, Usopp yeah. and Robin. 
They had a bit in Dressrosa, but I I just kind of love them together. Yeah, they're both kind of like long-range fighters, so that's an interesting interesting team. Outside the world of the movie, like in the manga that we're currently in, I'd like to see Brooke and Pedro fighting together because they're both oh, yeah. interesting swordsmen, you know? Yes. Oh, in the arc, I was hoping that Nami and Carrot would team up together, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes. That would be really cool. That's great. Electro, and then uh, her climb attack. Climb attack, yeah. Perfect. I love it. Climb at baton. Okay. Um, and another question from we need to offer him more. We see that the crew of Big Mom killed people for food. Do you guys think Luffy's still going to alliance with her? Didn't he say that's a good reason to alliance with someone? Back with <laughs> like, I'm going to destroy uh, Fishman Island. He's like, it's not even for meat. What's the point? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I mean, Law literally cut out people's hearts. So, and he's yeah. still allied with him. Luffy's not like super morally against people just like killing he's he knows they're pirates unless they hurt people he cares about it doesn't really matter that much mm-hmm. and i don't know if luffy's relationship with big bomb can really be called an alliance in the end i really don't think that they're going to have a fight but i don't think they will be allies i think maybe like tenuous friends would be the best way to put it because if they become an alliance they'll have to become equals and i just don't think that luffy is ready to be on equal footing with one of the emperors yet indeed indeed (laughs) next question all right from a bundle of string hey opp it's funny how after following one piece since the early 2000s i only just found about this awesome podcast this year you're doing a great job oh thanks make me blush doki doki uh now i have two things to discuss one, I don't really understand why everyone believes Big Mom will partner up with the Straw Hats. Luffy already pissed her off in Fishman Island, and from all the actions we've seen, especially the recent chapter, it seems very clear to me that she does not take these things lightly. The only reason such partnerships could work is because of Sanji. Now that I'm writing it down, I just thought of something. What if Big Mom set up the marriage arrangement to lure the Straw Hats out? That would be a big insult to Jerma to make oh, them yeah. part of this plot, unless that was also their plot to get Sanji back. So it's like... We both get what we want here. Mm-hmm. We get Sanji and you get to destroy the rest of the Straw Hats. I can see that being more realistic. Yeah. I just that they're working think, together. I don't think Big Mom sees the Straw Hats as a threat or someone to even worth to alliance with it. Maybe that will change when they get Lola's Beaver card. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, even though they're like up and coming and they defeated some uh, warlords, I don't think she sees them as like someone worthwhile. Yeah, I think she really did want Sanji for his uh, relationship to Jerma. So that's that, that's his primary value to her, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and number two, this is much more of a fun thing. But what kind of new moves do you want to see from the Straw Hat crew in this arc? I had a silly idea for Robin, considering she's going to Wano and pretty much perfected her cloning t- technique. She could matter stir the Shadow Clone Jutsu. Mm. Flower clones, they're flower clones. So delicate. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like Chopper could do like Sugar Rush. You know, he, he, he goes into a hyper state when he eats too much sugar. <laughs> um, oh, God. I'm just thinking of I, all I can think is just Luffy eating so much that he just becomes a ball and just rolls over people like Katamari style. <laughs> yeah. Gomu Gomu no diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> just like turn it. into uh, tubs from Hook and roll down a ramp, <laughs> taking there out all the other big mom pirates. I like it. 
All right. Uh, Grizzly AR says, I love pudding. Five exclamation points. I agree with you there. I think this is going to be my favorite arc in all of One Piece. How do you guys think she'll get along with Sanji? Since she's a cook, they could either make the perfect couple or fight over the kitchen. It happens a lot. Trust me. <laughs> They're going to be just fine. Totally fine. I'm sure Sanji will love her. Oh, man. <laughs> what, if they, what if they had a cooking battle? That would God, be I hope so. I don't, but I mean, why would they fight? Yeah. Maybe she's got like pride. Like he's like, someone says, Sanji, make the best desserts. And then he's just like, and then Pudding's like, wait, what? And then they have. <laughs> Before I we get like... married, we must settle this <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I feel like Sanji wouldn't compete fairly against a girl, though, even if it was cooking. Oh, I don't think. Like, I don't know. That's I'm a really just... interesting question. I hate to it say it, but there filler. is that one filler that's great. Well, sort of. It's okay. But like, I always love the Sanji cooking filler. Mm. And, and log town fun yeah the log yeah. town one <laughs> not the one where he's making curry for the marines no not that one mm. where he's fighting against um that uh woman chef in log town and yeah. the man with the co- giant disco coke nostril <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't if they do have like a cook battle i i know he's always like to help women and stuff but i i don't think like his like his life his pride as a chef would allow him mm. to just like give up like a less than stellar product. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's definitely like his two great loves. And which one does he love more? Yeah. Hmm. All right. And last one from Reddit from Ogru. Hey guys, great chapter this week. That brings up the possibility that big mom actually eats humans and not just sweets with the lyrics of the song at the end. I also saw an interesting anagram online. Tea parties eat pirates. Do you guys think Pedro was the leader of a group of minks that left Zoe that ended up working for Big Mom? He has obviously left Zoe before and may have become disillusioned after learning something bad about Mama. Oh, that's a different spin on it, that he mm. deserted Big Mom. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they could really be anything at this point. But yeah, his, but... his interaction in this week's chapter leaves a lot open to interpretation. Yep, we basically have almost no idea of what's up with Pedro here. But uh, the anagram is my new favorite thing. <laughs> eat pirates. Tea parties, eat pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aaron, you have some emails for us this week. Yeah, I do. Um, so the first email comes from Blair. And they say, hey, OPP, I just have a couple of questions this week. First, what is the best worst fan theory you've encountered besides Bonnie being the One Piece? Pretty much it. the Um, best worst one is still it's like a combination of both best and worst is that crocodile was not only a woman but was luffy's mom like i love that theory i it's ridiculous but god i love it so when i was first getting into the one piece uh english-speaking fandom a couple years ago that was the first thing that i saw on reddit and i was just like oh man what am i getting into here (laughs) bring a croco mom um yeah, I don't think anything can top that. Uh, so the second question that they have is, should Goldie Roger get his own series? I feel like his legend is way beyond just a few chapters slash episodes. Let me know what you think. That's a good thing for Oda to do in retirement. He can turn out 200 pages a year, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, I would be totally down for reading that. Yeah. I'm just... more interested in Shanks's, because that way we would get a lot of Rogers, and then like beyond that when he becomes a Yonko. Hmm. Yeah, I like the, the they could, he could do book length stories on a regular basis, like once a year. One, one, you know, you know, 
maybe twice a year at the most. I don't want him working that hard in his <laughs> in his old age. What yeah, if Oda that... just started to become a light novelist post One Piece time? <laughs> so he just writes. <laughs> I'd be so down. I'd read them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the next email that we have is from Daniel. He says, hey, OPP, happy, happy seven-year anniversary. This is a huge milestone for you guys. I've been listening for many years now, and I look forward to it every week. Um, and then they gave us a bunch of pictures that I'm not exactly sure what they're from. They're all these super cool cosplayers. I'm sorry. I don't actually read the email too often. Uh, but they're super duper cool. Thanks, Daniel. And I think he has another question. Um, oh, yeah, he says they want us to come up as guests. Uh, I don't know where to. Oh, was it to Anime North? You know, it might be. <laughs> We've been saying that for years. Oh, oh I, I would love so to go badly. to Anime North. Yeah, um, we're trying. <laughs> you know, honestly, it might be closer for me to get to Toronto than it is for you, Aaron. Yeah, probably. But I would love to go to Toronto. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. But that's it for our emails this week. Well, that was quick. Well, in that case, it is time to do Peace the Tweet! Extra gritty this week. I like it. <laughs> Very nice. It's nice hearing this live. <laughs> All right. Pirate Marimo asks, uh, I wanted to know for ages, but please also tell me the OPP lackeys for Baroque Works and Enaru. So oh. this is in the vein of the toad goats. Weren't uh, weren't all Enerus also kind of toad goats? <laughs> they were toad kind shoes. of, but they they. I don't think they had like actual toes for them. They they did have the goat horns. So yeah, that's right. Oh, and Luffy yeah. was very interested in them for that. Horn heads. Right. Horn heads. <laughs> uh, I thought. Well, I guess we have to come up with something different than millions and billions for Baroque works. Mm. Oh, billions. Uh, they're the sh- they're the sheet music. Oh. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. Uh, does anyone have one for for Enrus? What his um, goats, his skater goats, the acolyte, <laughs> skater goats, Sk- skater goats. I love it. What is it with Oda and goats? Goats are awesome. Have you ever actually like Pongo. touched a goat? No. Wait, you've yes. never touched a goat? Yeah, I have. Ever do a penny Penning- one time, yep. a bunch of friends locked me in a goat pen while we were drinking. It was monstrous. <laughs> that sounds horrifying while drunk. These are the kinds of things you do when you're drunk in rural Japan. Mm. <laughs> oh, I thought you said rural Japan, and I was like, Aaron, what did you get up to when you were over there? <laughs> Clearly drinking with goats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one comes from Stoked Shores, who asks, Did anyone no- else notice the lady with the long neck in the background? And Peckham's is explaining Tauntland. Long neck yep. tribe? Yeah. That's what we think in the, yep. in the manga recap. So. I like that long her hair tribe. is very long, too. Unless, surprise, it's a giraffe mink. <laughs> I mean, also, I'd be down. <laughs> Do you think that Kaku would totally want to date her? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we know from Chopper that you're still attracted to the original species. Well, I mean, I'm attracted to Pedro, so... <laughs> <laughs> There's more options in this world. <laughs> All right, one rock seven asks: After watching Roger's Base live reaction, if the OPP crew were to be cast in a musical, what would it be called and <laughs> be about? God, well, I don't know. 
That's a good question. I mean, we are a merry band of misfits. <laughs> um, have there been pirate <laughs> musicals around besides, I guess, like, the songs in Peter Pan? Like like Pirates of Pirates. I was just going to say. Go. <laughs> One of the ones about duty. They're all about duty. I'm actually Man, the uh, pirates who don't do anything. I don't know much. Musical, but... I, I don't know much about that. I don't know that much about musicals. Me neither. <laughs> Um, and I guess it wouldn't even be about pirates. It would be about like podcasting. So we get to talk about <laughs> microphones and audio gear. Hooray. Oh. Um, what's that song about? in Avenue Q? <laughs> the internet is for porn? <laughs> Not what I was thinking of. <laughs> Sucks to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, maybe, maybe uh, try that question again with a different crew. We'll see if anyone else knows musicals better. Um, Malicious Hat asks, what kind of dessert would you want pudding to make for you? Mm. She specializes in chocolate, pudding. so... <laughs> I don't know. I love tiramisu. That's my favorite dessert. I want an animated chocolate dog. So you can eat, like, a, a dog? Like a <laughs> little chocolate dog? dog? Just like, no, I, I want to reenact the scene from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get, like, a chocolate dachshund, and then you can put it in a bun and have, like, a chocolate hot dog. <laughs> or it would be like a chocolate croissant or something like that uh, I instead. Think, I think on The Simpsons it was a Yorkie. Yeah, he just took a bite out of like the top half. <laughs> right of his back, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I imagine we've already heard that music several times this episode. Yes. Well, <laughs> we should because I'm editing it. <laughs> 91 Ryan asks, how long would it take H- Hannah? Hancock? Hancock? I think he means I think I think he means uh, Hancock to appear at the wedding when she hears about Sanji's sister going mouth to mouth on Luffy. <laughs> Immediately, I, yes. But I think we're keeping that a secret, though. Is she like a Jedi and she feels a disturbance <laughs> in the Force? The, That'd be great if we just got the like, hurricane the of love anime. just comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I can't wait for someone to like explain it to Sanji. <laughs> just be like, oh yeah, that's your sister. Or like, if she shows up at the wedding, oh, isn't that the chick who made out with Luffy? <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want. Just you know, wait for Luffy's harem to show up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Well, it's not so much of a question, but uh, Sanji underscore Vin Smoke writes in to say that he has the same birthday as the podcast. So happy birthday, man! Oh, uh, sweet. He's, re- he's written. He's written in some piece together before. Uh, next one comes from it's underscore aura guys nami and big mom have a tattoo on their shoulder do you think they could be related <laughs> it's her real mom no oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> well I, I should say real mom birth mom wait right. so wouldn't that mean if sanji married pudding nami would be his sister-in-law you know sanji would have a sister complex See, I'm actually like legit concerned about that with oh, Oda. I, I'm concerned. I'm like, Oda, don't do this to me. Don't destroy Sanji. Yeah, please. Please don't put even like a hint of it. Don't put him like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one from Daniel Venner. Oh, she got hot. Or who is that? <laughs> Daniel Venner asks Anime North went well this year for a One Piece turnout, and he sent us a picture of his girlfriend. And him cosplaying a gender bent Mihawk and Boa Hancock, which is actually pretty awesome. Damn. <laughs> they are a very good looking couple, and it's really awesome cosplay. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Indeed. And Ruina asks, that's, that's our very own Allison, 
everyone, please sing the song from the last few pages of this week's chapter. But best voices now, be creative, go nuts. I think we did. I think I think me and Steven really knocked that out of the park there. You guys did, totally. Uh, another question. Actually, this, all these last uh, two questions are, are from other members of our podcast. Our very own Chow asks, which One Piece character would you like to hear singing? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm one of those people. I get like secondhand embarrassment when I hear character songs. I just... <laughs> well, they haven't really been my favorite thing ever. <laughs> like, especially hearing Zoro's voice actor sing. Like, he's got a great, great speaking voice. Not a great singing voice. And I just feel so, like, weird listening to it. Mm. Um, um, I'd like to, I like Frankie's singing. <laughs> and he's strumming his guitar and, you know. I mean, Brooks goes obvious. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cut. Kape singing is great. It's just doing an Usopp's intonation is a little rough. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And it was actually when we when we met him at an amazement, I want to say in 2011. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> and that was the thing with the singing the Soga King song was like, <laughs> I've been in so many anime and this is all anyone wants me to do this weekend. I've sung it like five times. <laughs> I would have asked him to sing the ballad of Ranma and Akane because that's just my thing. <laughs> sings that it's 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 the cheesiest thing ever in Ramna half and that's saying something because Ramna half is already absurdly cheesy all right chow also asks what is your favorite one piece song any song opening ending insert song character theme Japanese, <sighs> luffy's island song oh my god <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yep yeah that it, from from skypea yeah that was oh. my ringtone for a long time, actually. <laughs> that was that was my girlfriend's ringtone for a long time too. She might still have it as like one or two rando contacts, for all I know. <laughs> Outside of the openings and endings, uh, I really dug the Mister Children ending theme from Strong World. It was called oh, Carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanfare. Oh, that was great. Fanfare. That's a great song. Nice. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, it's, wanna... a, it's such a shame. Funny couldn't get the rights for that for the uh, DVD release. Because it was fantastic. Apparently, they're like the dad rock kings of Japan. So, dad rock. <laughs> That's what yeah, Greg you know. described it as. Uh, my favorite is the Avril Avril Lavigne. <laughs> the Avril Lavigne cover of Photograph. <laughs> by no, it Pickle was Pack. her husband's song. Oh, oh Jesus! Let's make it better. Yes, she's married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Amazing. Having previously been married to the dude from Sum Forty One, because they're both fucking Canadian. <laughs> Wait and a all second. Canadians marry each Wait, other. Nickelback is also Canadian. Canadian, is, yeah. yeah. Wow. They're just aiming for a bunch of Juno Awards, I think. One Canadian piece content. Is definitely Canadian. Get their CanCon down. Canadian content. Um, and finally, William asks, in which Disney movie could you imagine each of the Straw Hats playing a role? Like Frankie as the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> um, <sighs> that's a good Brooke, one. Brooke, Nightmare Before Christmas is obvious. Clearly, Usopp belongs in Pinocchio. <laughs> um, Usopp might be Geppetto and makes Pinocchio after him. <laughs> uh, actually, Big Mom probably belongs in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Robin as Belle in Beauty and the Beast because she loves books. There you she go. She loves books. But only and Chopper as Beast, Beast, except not getting married at the end. <laughs> 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 I've seen that. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Luffy, though. What about Zoro? Are there any like swordsmen in Disney? Sword in the Stone. Mulan. 
Mulan. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. But That's who would get to be Mulan? Zora, I think. <laughs> to Shiggy, Shiggy as yes, Mulan. <laughs> I think Chopper could be one of Pocahontas's little friends. Oh, like a little <laughs> raccoon. Yeah, like with the Miko and Flit. Oh. Yeah. Who would Luffy but, be? Um, yeah, I'm trying to. That is a good question. I'm Luffy trying to think of that. I was like, be... we can't leave without Luffy. At least. <laughs> Luffy would be like Abu from Aladdin. Yeah, actually, no. You know who else would be in Aladdin? Crocodile. He'd be the desert. <laughs> <laughs> instead of the giant lion's head for the the secret chamber oh and thing. then and then the vivi could be the cave of wonders <laughs> and vivi and vivi yeah she could be jasmine there you go um, um, jimbe little mermaid got that with his little <laughs> seashell bra <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ah, you know, Jinbei instead of Kami, because that makes more sense. <laughs> I'm just imagining Jinbei now, like, cradling Prince Eric in his arms and singing to him sweetly. <laughs> Prince Eric is Sanji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Up where they walk, up where they walk, <laughs> up where they play all day with Luffy Coon. Yes! <laughs> yes! <sighs> oh, no. Oh, God. Yep. That is quite the note to end the piece together on. <laughs> Yo. Why don't we round off the podcast? Let's do All right, it All right. This has been the One Piece Podcast, episode 421 for the week of Monday, May 30th, 2016. Great episode this week, guys. Um, yeah. We had yeah. A, that manga recap, anime recap, and a bunch of good piece together. But, um, Aaron, do you want to uh, mention the Patreon uh, before we round off the show this week? Yeah, so we just revamped our Patreon now. You can find it at patreon.com slash Podcast. We have a bunch of really cool new tiers and really cool new perks. We've got t-shirts and mugs. Um, if you put yourself on a high enough tier we'll even have steve draw you a commission which is super cool um most importantly our older episodes from seasons two through seven i believe um are available now if you pledge three dollars a month um or you could even pledge one dollar like whatever told you about man we love you for it so yeah check us out patreon.com slash one piece podcast right on and big thanks to Steven, who had to run out to go to a barbecue, but we wanted to mention him here on the roundoff. You can contact him at Translatosaurus on Twitter, and you can read his work in Weekly Shonen Jump every week. Please subscribe to that. And, um, Jill, how can the good people out there contact you? You can contact me on Twitter, Tumblr, Skype, and most media at, um, at PiratessUnluck. And I also monthly write an editorial for the One Piece Podcast.com uh, the second Wednesday of every month, so I should have one coming up pretty soon. And is this going to be that article you were mentioning on Twitter about writing about food? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's very little I love as much as both food and One Piece, so I'm probably going to end up putting one about food in One Piece. So uh, be excited for that. Hopefully it'll come out uh, well. George R.R. R. Martin is waiting with bated breath. I don't know if you've ever read some of his descriptions of food from the Game of Thrones series, but uh, you can see why those books not. are so long. 
Yep. <laughs> it's like 70 pages of the feasts and then four paragraphs of plot. <laughs> Amazing. All right. And Kelly, how can the people out on the internet contact you? You can find me on Twitter at Karuri and also uh, a weekly merchandise report on the uh, site. Right on. And Dennis, how can the people out there contact you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ichnob, I-C-H-N-O-B. I also have a cosplay thing, which is a Twitter SK cosplay, and a podcast I do called Vintage Anime Club. But uh, that's on Twitter at Vintage Anime Pod because one letter too long. Um, just watch old anime and drink wine while we talk about it. Nice. And Aaron, how can the people out there contact you? Yeah, you can find me on mostly on Twitter, also on Instagram and Tumblr at Amazing Bedhead. I'm also on Ask.fm if you want to ask me random questions. Um, yeah, I also occasionally write an editorial on the, the uh, One Piece podcast website. It's called Parrot Couture. We talk about clothes, and I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about soon with the Zoark oh, nice. uh, and Whole Cake Island. Me and Jill and Allison do that. It's really cool. But you should Very come nice. follow me. Yeah. You should come follow me on Twitter because I'm playing really trashy dating sims and <laughs> tweeting about it. And... You know, that person who was asking about dating sims didn't get didn't ask their question again this week. Oh, that's right. Somebody asked what everybody would be, but unfortunately the episode's over, so they're gonna have to ask us again next week. And yeah. I'll tell them who's the Sundere. <laughs> and we all get to look forward to that cat dating sim coming out too the humanoid cat ones oh yeah Thank that one God. actually looks really good <laughs> i'm um, excited <laughs> but yeah that's me i am edward e Fistizio on twitter the podcast is available at onepiecepodcast.com twitter.com youtube.com and facebook.com slash onepiecepodcast onepiecepodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures reddit.com slash r slash onepiece leave us some peace together there onepiecepodcast at gmail.com is our email address onepiecepodcast is our skype name subscribe on soundcloud subscribe on google play and subscribe rate and review on itunes you can also call us on our phone number at 347 497 Maji. 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 That's 347-497-6254. Call anytime. With your questions, your comments, your theories, your reasons why it should be covered in chocolate at all times. But, anytime. Uh, <laughs> and every time. That's right. But that is it for the One Piece podcast this week. My name is Ed. My name's Aaron. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about chocolate. What? What? That was, I mean, ten, that that was, was ten, ten minutes ago. ago. <laughs> 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 okay. Chocolate. Right. La, 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 la. Mr. Simpson. La, 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 la. Mr. Simpson. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about chocolate? That was ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>